0: Welcome back to Do Theology Reacts. Today we are going to be responding to Robert Morris. Pretty big name, not so much in our circles, but in circles that are bigger than ours. (laughs) He is the pastor of Gateway Church, which depending on what list you look at, it's like always a top five or top ten big church in America down in Texas. He's talking about tithing, and he says things that are wrong. But before we get into that, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by our store, the Do Theology Store. Go to store.dotheology.com. Check out what we have over there. Get yourself a mug. Get yourself a big old printout of the chart, T-shirt, whatever it is. Go check it out, store.dotheology.com, and uh, find yourself something to buy. that would be cool. You should do that to support the channel. But before we get into critiquing, this is a, a YouTube short uh, of Robert Morris talking about tithing. It's only 59 seconds, so maybe we can just play it once all the way through and then go back and, and pause critiquing various statements that are made. as you'll hear, there are plenty of statements to critique. He is uh, he's at Transformation Church, which is Mike Todd's church in Oklahoma. We've already critiqued Mike Todd's presentation of Trinitarian theology, which you can find on our channel. <laughs> Uh, we don't do this because we don't like these guys. We do this because we love God and we love Amen. good doctrine. And we love his and, church. And these people are very influential and they are harming the church with teachings like this. So I'll go ahead and just play it once through and then we'll circle back as Jin Saki says.
1: Tithing is personal. Let's just say that I've got to go away for a while. I want to funnel some resources through you to my wife. I would like to bless you in the process, is give each of you $10,000 $10,000 a month. But all I'm asking you to do is give my wife 10%. How's, how's Don doing? And she says, Don's doing great. $1,000 first a month. How's Will doing? Will sending 2000 a month. I said, well, how's Charles doing? We need to talk about Charles. The first month, he sent 700 The second month, 300 And the third month, he hasn't sent anything. How do you think I feel about Charles? I'm giving him the money. It's my money. And it's my wife. Doesn't the Bible say that the church is the bride of Christ as a husband? But I'm going to take the 10,000 I was giving to Charles, and I'm going to give more to Don, and I'm going to give a lot more to Will. But I'm cutting Charles off. You know why? Because I found out that he doesn't actually love me, and he doesn't care about my wife, and I care about my wife. This is personal to me.
0: Okay. (laughs) Lots to be said about that uh ken this is the first time you've seen it straight through in several days uh just reactions on the whole
2: yeah so uh first we might, might want to note that uh, we didn't edit this video in any way uh someone did edit it because it got the, the super bad cut. editing isn't us yeah yeah it's just <laughs> kind of real jumpy from they're eliminating a lot of things out um so just want to make that known but yeah there's uh, you sent this to me a few days ago to watch, and I uh, watched it, and I was shocked by it back then. I've I've not looked at it again until this moment, and wow, there's just several things in there. That's just it's just like oh oh, but then they, because of the supercut and they've got it jumping so fast, you almost can't even take a second to let what you just heard sink in, because then it's on to the next terrible thing that is said. So well, let's
0: let it sink in right now. Yes, by going back through and stopping for a few things I have highlighted, uh, seven phrases that I want us to, to stop and ponder. So let's start it again.
1: Tithing is
0: personal. Okay. (laughs) We'll just stop right there. (laughs) Tithing is personal. Does he mean that tithing is a personal decision between you and the Lord? It's a, it's a private thing where you decide how much you're going to give at home And then you come to corporate worship and you give a certain amount and it's personal. It's like a personal worship thing because if that was the case, then that'd be good. Yeah, mostly. I mean, there's, you know, maybe some stuff to to challenge on there about it is a corporate practice too. But yeah, mostly. Mm. Yeah, that's good. But no, 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 no. That's not what he means. That is not what he means, uh, because what he is setting us up for here is an illustration where he is Jesus. You, you notice that teachers like this do this a lot. <laughs> In the Mike Todd video, the tr- he was the Trinity, remember? Yep. <laughs> oh, it's not funny. It's bad. He's Jesus, and he's talking about, to him as Jesus, tithing is something that he takes personally. He means mm-hmm. that God takes this personally when you don't give at least 10% of your income He's probably talking gross income, not net. Uh, when when you don't give 10% of your gross income, he takes that personally, is, is what he's saying. So let's just take a moment real quick to discuss what tithing is, and then also a, a theological aspect of the nature of God. Ken, you want to tackle what tithing is and if it's for us?
2: Yeah, so the tithing, the concept comes from several Old Testament passages. We see it first coming with uh, Abraham when... Uh, there's a whole story there that we won't go into, but you can read that that text in in the book of Genesis, where Ab- Abraham ends up tithing ten percent to the king of Salem after uh, after a victory, and that's where we first see the concept of a tithe coming into play. Is there? Well, then moving forward into the law, we see different uh, places in the law where uh, Israel was commanded to tithe ten percent of various things of theirs uh, to give unto the Lord and to devote unto either the temple or to the Levites or to different things in order to, one, where it was an offering unto the Lord, but then it also served as a function to provide means of support for the Levites who were who, whose job was to attend to the things of the Lord so they weren't growing their own crops and keeping their own animals and such.
0: Speaking in King James today, you said unto several times. That's... Uh... You're feeling King Jamesy on this Friday?
2: Sure. Maybe it's just so ingrained <laughs> in me. It's just, I didn't even think of it as King Jamesy. Well,
0: well yes, but... It, Giveth obviously. thy
2: tithes unto the Lord.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I, I was <laughs> distracted.
2: Uh, yes, uh, it's for Israel. And yes, so, uh, that's the bottom line, is that these are all coming from Old Testament texts. The command is mm-hmm. to Israel.
0: So the church doesn't tithe?
2: we don't believe the Church is Israel. Mm, True. That would be a disagreement with many people probably watching this video. Um, But yes, we we believe that the Church and Israel are are two separate entities, and the commands that were given to Israel are not commands given to the Church.
0: And I think most covenant theologians would agree, at least on the principle, that under the Mosaic administration, there was a tithing command for various tithes, and now under the current administration of the Covenant of Grace, that doesn't apply to the church. Now, we'd say that that's getting us down a road. We don't need to go down. Sure. But, but, yeah, I think most most Christians just realize, well, I shouldn't say that. No. There are lots of Christians who realize (laughs) that we are are not commanded to tithe. Not one time do you see a command to the church to give 10% of your income. That's just not what we're presented with. And uh, sadly, there are many, many Christians out there who actually do believe, well, 10% is what you're supposed to give, God expects you to give
2: 10%. And that's not to say that 10% is bad. Uh, in fact, the the New Testament encourages generosity and encourages yep. giving, and we'll talk about more of that later on. Yep. Uh, but the the number, I guess, is is what we're specifically talking about right now. Is there a requirement for believers mm-hmm. in this age to give 10%? Right.
0: So yeah, it's good to have that, that foundation of what tithing is. I also want to give a quick foundation of the impassibility of God, um, an aspect of God's nature, that basically what what the impassibility of God is getting to, man cannot cause God to suffer. Some people talk about the impassibility of God, meaning that God doesn't have any sort of emotion or feeling, which isn't true. Uh, God certainly does. There's anger, there's joy, there's grief, there's all sorts of things um, that Scripture presents to us about God's feelings. However, man is unable to manipulate God emotionally. Man is unable to cause God to suffer in any sense. And God doesn't take things personally the way we take things personally. So as Robert Morris is here saying, you know, because remember, he's Jesus in this illustration. Tithing is personal. Uh, He's presenting Jesus as someone who takes tithing very personally, and what you do will either... Cause him to suffer or cause him to be really happy, really, really offend him or make him really happy. Well, God is actually never caught off guard by what happens, what people do. All of his responses to what happens in life are responses that he has ordained Mm -hmm. because God is outside and over all of time and creation. So I don't think Mr. Morris is presenting this illustration with that framework. That's, That's a problem. So ha- with all those things in mind, let's continue past the first second. <laughs> we made it one second in and had all those things to say. All right. You ready for the next little bit here?
1: Let it roll. Let's just say that I've got to go away for a while. I am going to funnel some resources through you to my wife. I would like to bless you in the process. All right. So what he's saying here,
0: there are some accurate things. Um, he's talking about Jesus Going away for a while. That's, you know, the bridegroom is not here. That's when the disciples fast. Jesus taught about that when he goes away. That's when the disciples will long for him to return. He talks about his bride. um, And here, Robert Morris is talking about the church. The church is the bride of Christ. Yeah. God is um, not, he's not only blessing people financially, you know, in ways that affect them. But God does call his people to be cheerful givers, and God provides for people through the means of givers uh, in the church, those who have his spirit and whom he directs to to give. But then when he says, I want to bless you in the process too, um, what does he mean by that? Because that could mean something good, but that could also mean something bad. We are used of God to care for others, And that is a joyful experience. It is a blessing to bless others in such a way. But I don't think that's what he's talking about here, as the illustration will bear out. He's talking about receiving more money. The more that you give, the more money you're going to get. And this kind of gets into the whole reciprocity and co-labor discussion. We, We don't give to people directly. We don't give in order to get something in return we are called to give sacrificially, to give the way that God gives, um, cheerfully, generously, joyfully, mm. and uh, boy, I, again, I just don't think he's coming from that perspective here. Do you, Ken? <laughs> no,
2: no. And uh, he, he's he's setting up the whole thing to where the only reason money exists is so that you can give it to the church, mm. and if you. Do that, then you will be blessed with more money as well. And it's just a a strange way to set things up, but it reveals the worldview.
0: Is blessing defined as monetary increase? I want to bless you in the process. I want to give you more money. God doesn't say that we will be... We will find monetary increase the more that we share monetarily. Mm. It's just a... It's not what God has revealed to us. It's not what God has promised to us. Uh... Yeah, and, and and I should add too, as he's talking about being the husband to the bride who's going away for a while, there is a, uh, he, I think he's making reference to Luke 19, the parable of the ten minas that are given out, and how those servants steward the minas that, that they're given while the master is away. We'll talk more about that later. But uh, there is a a parable from Jesus in Luke 19 that I think he's making reference to, but he just doesn't represent it accurately. And that's, of course, an issue. Mm -hmm. All right, next part.
1: Is give each of you $10,000 a month. But all I'm asking you to do is give my wife 10%. Mm -hmm.
0: Jesus doesn't ask us to give the church 10%. We already talked about that, but that's, yeah. a, that's a major error. You can't just let someone say that and then act like, oh, yeah, that's true. It's just not true. That's a problem. We often use the word tithe, don't we? Uh, you probably hear that quite a bit uh, more in the Midwest than I would out here.
2: Tithes um, and offerings yeah, that you tithe, get coupled together.
0: Tithes and offerings. But, <laughs> one of my first experiences with a, a man in our church out here when we moved here several years ago was I said something about tithing, just in that sense, like oh, where's the box for tithes or whatever, and he said, oh, don't say that word, and I was like, what? <laughs> we and, and you just kind of have to know the way this guy talks, but he was like, we don't give ten percent. We have no way of even figuring that out exactly. You don't give ten percent, and I was like, whoa, dude, it's just a word, you know, like it's not that big of a deal, but. Words do mean something, and especially the word tithing or tithe, that meant something scripturally that isn't brought to bear on the church today. It's not something that God has put on the church as a law for us to follow, like with Israel.
2: And then there's some people, I don't know if you've heard of these groups that not only emphasize a tithe, but also the tithe upon a tithe. Hmm. So it ends up being 11%, where not only are you tithing your 10%, but you should tithe upon the tithe... And give eleven percent, and that is ah. the golden benchmark. Or, you ever, or ever heard tithe that? upon
0: the tithe, upon the tithe, eleven point one percent.
2: Oh dear! Yeah there's, quite a keep... few, yeah, there's some churches in this area that are quite specific on that. Yeah,
0: let's just keep making up rules. let you yeah. know, if if we're making up rules, where do you stop? Well, uh, the Bible instructs the church to give cheerfully, like we've been saying. I actually just preached on First Corinthians sixteen. Where Paul says, each one of you at home, decide how much you're going to give according to as God has prospered you. So it would have been a great place to say 10%. Doesn't say 10%. Doesn't say tithe. It says, according to as God has prospered you, you are to decide what to give and bring it to the treasury of the church. In 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul's talking about the same gift that that church has been storing up for, a gift for Jerusalem. And he speaks a lot about giving in chapters 8 and 9. Never once says tithe. Never, never once says 10%. It's always about giving generously, cheerfully, with a heart that reflects God's heart, um, to do so for the right motives, the right reasons. And and good stewardship is a calling on the Christian life. I mean, we don't Hmm. want to pretend like you know, oh, you can give or not give; it's all optional, no big deal. God doesn't care. God God does care. But we haven't been given a ten percent law, and we're called to be good stewards of what we've given or what we've been given, and to give generously. Giving to the local church is very important. It should happen, and And it's it's an an act of worship. Yes, absolutely, it is an act of worship.
2: That's what uh, I just finished pre- uh, preaching Philippians, and Paul describes the offering that the Philippians sent as a fragrant aroma, an mm-hmm. acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God.
0: Yes, it is not something that's done uh, for man. To you're not giving to the preacher when you drop money in the plate or in the mm-hmm. box or whatever. Uh, depending on how good the sermon was, doesn't affect how much you give. <laughs> it's it's what you do in worship to God, as God uses that means of his people giving
1: to care for his people.
0: Okay? All right. Next part of the clip.
1: How's, how's Don doing? And she says, Don's doing great. $1,000, first a the month. How's Will doing? Will sending $2,000 a month. I said, well, how's Charles doing? We need to talk about Charles. All right. <laughs> so
0: he has three guys. There's actually three guys on stage uh, with him here, and I'm assuming their names are Don and Will and Charles. Don's giving 1000 A month off of his ten thousand hitting the ten percent and he says first of the month it's one shot he doesn't parcel it out throughout the month he just there it is first sunday ten percent bang next guy will he's given twenty percent two thousand dollars a month and then you get to charles we and need to we, talk about Charles. <laughs> <laughs> we we need to talk about Charles. And so as you think about the illustration and the dynamic that's going on here, Robert Morris, who is Jesus in the illustration, he says he's asking his bride how the givers are doing. So it's like a status report on these three givers, and the church is telling Jesus how the givers are doing, which is pretty weird. It's yeah. a strange dynamic. Um yeah he Jesus wants to know how much the people are giving, <laughs> okay
1: let's talk about Charles. The first month he sent seven hundred the second month three hundred, and the third month he hadn't sent anything. How do you think I feel about Charles?
0: Okay, now we know a little bit about Charles, so we need to talk about Charles. We've talked about him. first month he gave seven hundred bucks, which is seven percent. The second month he gave three hundred dollars, which is 3%. And the third month, he hasn't given anything. The church is telling Jesus, we need to talk about Charles. <laughs> and then Robert Morris says, How do you think I feel about Charles? So, how do you think Jesus now feels about this guy who has given 700, 300, and then zero for the three months? Well, if Charles is in a covenant relationship with God by grace, through faith, in the finished work of Jesus Christ, then Jesus has an unchanging disposition of love and care toward Charles because Jesus is preserving Charles.
2: There's therefore now no condemnation.
0: No condemnation on Charles. However, if Charles has refused to cast his cares on the Lord Jesus Christ, then his relationship (laughs) with God is one of total judgment and condemnation. As Jesus taught us, The one who hasn't believed in him is condemned already or judged already in John chapter 3, verse 18. So that's really where the conversation is, or should be. Instead, we're like, oh, Jesus wants to know how much you're giving, and then how he feels about you is going to to change based on that. What a
2: dangerous, dangerous thing to teach.
0: Oh, so bad. So, so bad. And there are like, as I count them, five potential false doctrines being taught here. I'm not saying he's teaching all five or means intends all five, but potentially there are five. One being Jesus doesn't know what's going on. Hmm. Jesus says, hey, hey, bride, how much are people giving?
2: <laughs> uh, and us pastors are just filling out report cards and sending them up.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, two, giving is how you get into God's good graces that yeah. it's through the amount that you're giving that God determines if you're going to receive kindness or condemnation, mercy or judgment.
2: This Yikes. kind of this kind of idea is so prevalent either implicitly or even explicitly in so many of the prosperity type churches mm. where it's it, it kind of boils the blood a little bit because they they're just fleecing their sheep. They are taking advantage of people and it's not it Okay, I, I'm just going to stop there. I
0: well, but yeah, it's true. It's yeah. true. I mean, that's... Thirdly, we already mentioned this one. Potentially is out of the question. He is teaching that Jesus has asked people to give 10%. That's not true. And, and by the way, he's not making a distinction so far as to whether these are believers or not. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe we can he...
2: assume they're, they're part of the church. Maybe we're just assuming that they okay. are. Okay, yeah. Just for the sake of, we give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. Okay, all right.
0: Fourth, he's potentially teaching that Jesus's relationship with members of his body depends on their works. Yeah. So outside of just giving, like totally, your relationship with Jesus, how he feels about you—this is the language he's using—depends on your works. I mean, giving is just one work, right? Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of other things. And fifthly. That Jesus experiences emotion the same way we do. He feels slighted <laughs> by by other people, and uh, reacts. We're going to find out. He reacts
2: as if God needs your money.
0: Yeah, right. God doesn't need your money. Well, how does Robert Morris believe Jesus feels about
1: Charles? I'm giving him the money, it's my money, and it's my wife. Doesn't the Bible say that the church is the bride of Christ as a husband? But I'm gonna take the 10,000 I was given to Charles, and I'm gonna give more to Don, and I'm gonna give a lot more to Will. But I'm cutting Charles off, okay? <laughs> so now, after feeling so slighted by
0: Charles, he's gonna take Charles's money. He's not. He's dealing with uh, you know, the money that he gave at the beginning. He's not bringing in new money to the first two guys. He's going to take some of Charles's money, and he's going to give more to the first guy, Don, who was giving just 10%. He's going to give a lot more to Will because Will was giving 20%. And I'm going to cut
2: Charles off. Mm. Wowzers. By that logic, all the wealthiest people in the world are also... The most Christian people in the world. Yeah. And now we know why poor people are poor,
0: because they weren't giving 10%, and so God cut them off. Does God motivate us to obedience by threatening to cut our income? (laughs) I mean, there's a straightforward question for you. No. No. No, 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 no. He does not. There are lots of disobedient people who are rich. There are lots of obedient people who are poor. There are lots of both sides in between. And the assumption in this teaching is that wealth is a sign of blessing from God, that if you're wealthy, then God is blessing you in response to your obedience. And now everyone can look at the other two guys out of the three, Don and Will, and say, oh, they must be really holy because they're rolling into church in a Mercedes. Or a Rolls Royce, or whatever they've got, seven hundred dollar tennis shoes. They must be really holy. And of course, this is the culture of prosperity churches, right? Absolutely, I mean, this, is, this is it. They've worked the way up the ladder of God's multi level marketing strategy, and now you know they're they're doing just fine. So that's bad. That's a bad Oof. bad teaching. Uh, now th- there is, of course, um, a sense in which to everyone who has more shall be given. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. This is what Jesus taught in Luke 19 uh, with the 10 minas, where Mm -hmm. the master returns and there was one who hid his mina in a napkin because he knew that the master was a hard man. He was sowing where he did not reap. And the others who had taken that mina and had made more, um, they were given more. And the one who just had his one in the napkin, even that was taken away and he was cut off and had nothing. Now, there are some differences between that parable and what Mr. Morris is is presenting here. Uh, one being, that passage is not talking about tithing to the local church. It's not talking about giving 10% of your mina to the local church, and then you get more minas because you did that. that it's talking about multiplying the mina as a good steward. It's also referencing the future judgment when the master returns, not some throughout the course of your life God's feelings kind of oscillate depending on how much you're giving to the local church and the one at the end who gets his mind taken away and is cut off. He's someone without faith in the sister passage of this in Matthew 25. Jesus talks about that final servant saying, throw out the worthless slave into outer darkness in that place. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He didn't trust the master in Luke 19 Jesus said the reason why he wasn't doing anything with that mina was because he didn't trust the master he was someone without faith and whereas Robert Morris seems to be talking about church members i guess and yeah it's just it's just very interesting and and you have to wonder too as Robert Morris is presenting God where is God's patience he gives you three months. <laughs> here's, yeah. here's, here, I'm gonna give you three months to show to show that you're a good tither. And after three months, I'm gonna come in and I'm gonna take away your income if you're not up to snuff. Whoa. a Hard man. Wow. Any thoughts on all that, Ken? I just went on for a long time.
2: That's all right. No, it's it it, it really the the passage that comes to mind it comes to mind with with a lot of these kinds of false teachers is Second Peter chapter two. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of truth will be maligned, and in their greed, they will exploit you with their false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Mm. So many of these prosperity churches and uh, churches that teach this sort of thing to manipulate the people into giving with this threat of God's displeasure upon you if you fail to give exactly your 10% it is motivated by greed, it is motivated by things that are are, are not holy, and they will face huh. God's justice and God's judgments. They will have to give an account for their yeah. actions.
0: Yep, it's motivated by greed on the one hand. Well, when you think about the people they're teaching, greed, their greed, saying, hey, if you do this, if you follow my teachings, you'll get more money. So that speaks to their greed and get, motivates them to give. But then also, on the other hand, it's if you don't, then it's condemnation. Mm-hmm. There is no gospel, there's no grace, yeah. there's no love, there's no mercy, there's no patience, there's no long suffering, no kindness. No no gospel.
2: And teaching us, like you mentioned before, teaching us to rely our our relationship with Christ is dependent upon how we do, that is a works based relationship. Totally works based. It is it is completely devoid of of the gospel. Like, there, it's just completely—it's it's yeah. just not here. There is no gospel here.
0: When, when we disobey, does God discipline his children? Yes. Yes. But does his disposition ever change? Does he ever threaten to cut off our income after three months of not tithing? <laughs> no. Uh, tithing isn't a command for you to obey, Christian. You're not under law. You're under grace. And God does not threaten to take your income down to zero and to make you suffer— until you pay him enough.
2: What comes to mind is the, uh, an old Michael Card song. I don't know if this is... Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, it's, how about that for a reference? Um, but there's a line in the song that says that God's love for us, he cannot love more. Mm. Like, he has loved to the extreme extent. He cannot love more, and he will not love less.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, let's finish out this. we got eight seconds left. He's fin- the last place we stopped, he said, I'm cutting Charles off. And then he gives a final explanation.
1: You know why? Because I found out that he doesn't actually love me. And he doesn't care about my wife. And I care about my wife. This is personal to me.
0: Okay.
2: Hmm.
0: He doesn't actually love me and he doesn't care about my wife. This is personal to me. Charles was averaging three hundred and thirty-three dollars <laughs> donated to the church, uh, in his vernacular, uh, given to God, three hundred and thirty-three dollars a month. Uh, that's not small. It's not nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in light of a hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year salary, could he be giving more? Probably, but he was giving something. I mean, I just don't. I don't know what what to say when you're not under a tithing uh, law. Is he joyfully giving or is he grudgingly giving? Well, Robert Morris doesn't touch on that because that's not important to him. Numbers are what's important. Is he giving elsewhere? Maybe he's going to a church that is totally satisfied financially, has more than enough, and maybe he's giving elsewhere. Is that considered? No. No, not talked about. You give 10%, Charles, or I'm cutting you off. First John 5. Verses two and three. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Praise God for that, huh?
2: Amen. Okay.
0: Robert Morris. There he was. I a hope man this... who reinstated Mark Driscoll a few <laughs> months after Mark Driscoll's great calling. Great uh-huh.
2: That was news. Yeah, you told me about that yesterday, and I had no idea about that. That is that's interesting. Well, I hope for our listeners that this is really encouraging in a lot of ways. If if this is kind of a teaching that you have internalized or you have heard uh, that there is great freedom in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we aren't bound by this kind of behavioralistic standing before God where we are it is dependent upon our actions and our good works in order to have good standing before God not Christ has done it all it's done and we have this opportunity we have the joy of giving to our local church which is a good thing and we it is good to give generously it is good to give sacrificially but there's not the the hammer isn't waiting to drop on the person who oh he only gave nine percent this month or oh you know whatever like that, that's not there. Yep. So I hope that's an encouragement to to our listeners.
0: And to speak of it through the lens of the chart, what you give and how you give is a third-column issue. Mm. Now, is is giving, being a, a giver, is that a principle of morality in the Christian life? Yeah, I think yes. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, ho- hoarding everything is bad stewardship. Is, is Is it imperative on you as a Christian to be a good steward? Yes, it is. Mm. But how much you give... Hmm, is that a first column issue, second column issue, or third column issue? Hmm. That should create some good discussion for you and people in your life. Maybe show them this video and start a conversation. There you go. Very well. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Reacts. Not one of the real episodes that gets the episode number. Just a fake episode. Thanks for joining us. See ya.